and welcome to the final episode of Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 38 and 39 of season 4. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. The shackles are released. <laughs> We're done. Done for free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Oh no, that's what that was in reference to. Was watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? That's how I understand that. That's what the Leprechaun was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here we are in the finale of Stand and Deliver. I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle. Before we start, something very important. I have something for you to see. Okay. I'm going to send this. I literally don't know what you're talking about, by the way. Uh, no, you do not. Larry and George, how are you guys? Former WWE Superstar Hornswoggle here. I want to take a second real quick to, to, to see this is why WWE never let me talk. I'm not very good at it. But. I want to take a second real quick to congratulate you guys on completing your podcast, Stand and Deliver. That's awesome. You're entering a crazy world. Keep up the good work, all right? Take care. <laughs> Thank you, Hornswoggle. <laughs> that means Horn the world to me. Uh, star of Leprechaun Origins and uh, former WWE superstar Hornswoggle was nice enough to do that video message for us. Uh, we are indeed entering a crazy world, as he said. Yes. No, I'm glad that we now actually have a, a through line, an official connection to the Leprechaun franchise, just exactly. bridging that off of Stand and Deliver. Exactly. That, that's, <laughs> oh, yes. man. Of course Hornswoggle's on Cameo. Yeah, why wouldn't he be? I, you know, that just makes the most sense to me. Look, you know, I could have gone with Annabelle Peaks, which also would have been pretty funny. That but, would have been amazing. But I felt like the Leprechaun connection meant this was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if Warwick Davis were on there. Oh, definitely. But, you know, he's, he would be pretty expensive. Oh, he's a classically trained actor. Yeah. Hornswoggle just uh, unlike, pretended unlike, to be Vince McMahon's baby son. I was going to say, unlike Hornswoggle, who they don't let on the mic, that's him saying that, not me, by the way. <laughs> I mean, well, he is not in WWE anymore, so... Uh. Oh. Hornswoggle deserves more work. Sure. Hornswoggle is great. Sure. Anyway, thanks, Swoggle. Thanks, Swog, you done it. 
anyway, here we have oh, the last two episodes of part four. Five. Part five. Five. Part five. It's not like we've been doing anything else the past couple of weeks. No, definitely not. Uh, so yeah, um, starting out uh, at the end of the last movie, uh, Shaw was uh, locked up. He has a bunch of guns trained on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he and, was in you know, uh, Arkham Asylum. That's right. And then we have the whole thing with uh, the, the big send-off for Brian, obviously, where uh, he drives off into the sunset. Yes. So now as we're going into the eighth movie, I need you to stop me. Uh, this bit needs to end because I didn't pull open anything and I don't know how the eighth movie starts. Well, uh, doesn't matter. We're uh, We've been talking about... with that one. Episode... Yes, we're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the final couple episodes of part five. Um, 38 just to get 39. It, yeah, just to get it out of the way, I don't like these. Me either. Yeah, this seems like it was ill-advised to structure them the way that they did. Uh, it's like Rocky finished the story and then went, oh, oh wait, 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 I have a good idea. <laughs> and then just uh, stuck a flashback here. Just, uh, uh, one, one more thing. Oh, excuse me. Uh, there was just one more thing. No, it's that's uh, that's interesting that a gold experience requiem uh, destroyed uh, Yavolo. But now there was just one more thing. Uh, what if uh, what if this guy has a uh, fortune telling stones? What if we call them a rolling <laughs> stones, perhaps? Eh? Uh, or so prophecy kinda, uh, stones, as this calls well, it. Yes, <laughs> at, at least we got one more lazy ass renaming uh, before the series yeah. trotted off into the sunset. Um, Just like Brian. Yeah, that's right. We're in, we're in the car with Dom and Rocky and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure are in the car with Brian because uh, they are dead to us. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think I'll get into exactly what I don't like about these episodes after we kind of do the whole recap thing. But needless to say, I I hate them. I just wanted to get that out of the way at the start. Uh, but we pick up immediately where the last episode left off, which is uh, Diavolo getting muda muda muda. Yes. Uh, right into uh, a river. And uh, he gets kind of like washed away. They don't find the body. Trish and... Uh, and Guido are very concerned about this because obviously Diavolo is kind of a big deal and you would rather like confirm that kill, but uh Jorna's just like, eh. Yeah, you gotta pick this. up the floating dog tags. Eh. Yeah, exactly. Uh but Diavolo washes up into a uh, a sewer drain and he's he's very beat up, uh, but he's gonna he has like just enough energy left to kind of crawl himself to safety. Uh, but then a <laughs> dude just runs up on him like a fucking horror movie monster. Like, just very rapidly runs up and just stabs him and starts raving about how he's not going to steal his coat. Yes. Uh, and this and then Diavolo, takes a while. Yes. Uh, Diavolo's kind of noticing there's drug addicts in the sewers. He's getting his comeuppance for uh, selling drugs to the community. And, uh, I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> Had to be mentioned one more time. <laughs> Thank you, exactly. Uh, and so he is just bleeding out here in the sewer. Uh, and that's it for Diavolo. Except it's not, because then he wakes up on an autopsy table and he can't move, but he's alive. 
this actually like is just a fucking nightmare scenario. Yeah. Like this is up there with getting buried alive. Hmm. Um but yeah, he just uh like Doctor starts just rummaging around and, and checking out his liver, just being like, Oh, this is a sick liver. Oh, the yep. color's so good on this liver, and it's barely used. Cool liver. Love it. Oh, sick liver, bro. I want to put this liver in a frame. I want to take this liver home with me. I know I'm not supposed to, but... I want to get this liver bronzed. (laughs) Should have got it bronzed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, uh, And then just, you know, hacking away at his ribs, and he's just screaming internally. Uh, And then he, like, bounces out of that, and he's uh, on, like, a a street corner, uh, freaking the fuck out. Uh, and then a guy comes up behind him with, like, a dog, and it spooks him, and he jumps into traffic and gets hit by a car. Uh, and he's like, and so is Jordan this kind the of... end? How could I, Diavolo, die in such a stupid way? <laughs> Good point. So, Jorno explains that basically, um, he doesn't, like, spell it outright. He does the whole kind of, uh, oh, he'll never reach his truth thing or whatever but what's happening is that apparently Requiem's ability is to trap someone in an infinite death loop so Diavolo is destined to just jump between realities in which he dies in really stupid ways yes also ostensibly forever yes definitely infinite just pretty messed up uh also the intro here changed in a way that was pretty cool where the bit where uh, Diavolo like talks for a while in Italian, instead like it changes where uh, Giorno like reverses everything and catches him in a loop. Yeah, which I missed bit. the first time because I was just skipping past the intro at that point. Uh, I knew they would probably change it for this one, so I watched it. Yeah, see, I wasn't expecting much other than the the typical. Oh, we put sound effects in it. Thing. Yeah, because you know sucks. that's so good. <laughs> that's great. Whenever sucked they do like that. it always does. Yeah, it does. I need to get Hornswoggle's opinion on that trend. <laughs> See what he. Oh thinks no, about are we it. loading up another video now? <laughs> no, I wish that'd be really good. Let's see what Annabelle Peaks has to say about the last uh, episode <laughs> intro of every season. Oh man, uh, get her thoughts on freaking you being the first in theme. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, maybe next. So, time. Guido is super psyched uh, now that everything's over. Uh, he wants to go heal Bucciarati. Um Giorno is still not telling them, which is cold blooded. Mm hmm. Uh, but. Even though he gets, like, special. Uh, he gets his own cameo message from Bucciarati in heaven. Yeah. Uh, Butrati says something in particular that kind of leads into the whole, like a, a line about sleeping slaves. I can't remember exactly what he says, though. Uh, sure. Yeah. But this actually ends up leading us into an extended flashback. Yeah. Hooray! Yeah. Just when we thought the series was ending, we're doing this shit. Um, like, in a way, I like that. If it didn't take so long and ultimately doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, Larry Davis, what do you think uh, a human tastes like? 
uh, like deer, probably. Okay, I would say kind of hope it would taste like turkey because I really like turkey. Like dark meat turkey, maybe? Yeah, like dark turkey. I don't think so. I think it's way too different from a poultry. It'd yeah, be way it, more like a beef or a venison. Yeah, I was going to say, it actually would be more like a beef, I think. Uh, but if you asked Guido Mesta, he would say it tastes terrible because animals that eat meat don't taste good. Um... I don't think that's true. There's plenty of meat-eating animals that people consume. Like what? Alligator. Snake. <laughs> Come on. Snake don't... Yeah. People don't eat snake, except for uh, Big Boss. There He's was the a restaurant person. here in town that He's used to serve snake. He's the only person who ever ate snake. That's why they called him Snake Eater. There, there was a restaurant in town here that served snake for a long time, and I went to go get some, and unfortunately stopped that. See, because nobody dad, got it. My dad has had alligator though, and he said it tastes really good. I don't believe that. I feel yeah. like that would just taste like really chewy fish. I'm cool with that. I'm not. I need a chewy fish. I just bite into it like snake. Okay. Or just picks it up like a taco and just goes off. <laughs> so my my favorite of those little like videos that they stick in a snake pulling up a full ass fish that he hasn't cooked and just biting into yeah. its stomach and being like, that tastes good. Yeah, just grab hold of a grouper and have a bite. Who cares? <laughs> he only takes one bite. He just eats that and just kind of like tosses the fish aside. Yep. That's enough. My stamina meter is full again. <sighs> Not bad. <laughs> uh, I want to have some more. <laughs> well, the only dining habit I share with Big Boss is a love of calorie mates. Big Boss just biting into a human arm and going, Disgusting! <laughs> <sighs> uh, anyway, Neuroncia brings up the point that I was thinking of as soon as Guido gets off on this tangent, which is, okay, then what about, like, vegetarians and vegans? Because I bet they taste fucking amazing. And Guido's like, yep. Yeah. Give me well, a, no, you give me have, a chomp. Have, you have Fugo. Fugo's back. They actually gave him dialogue, and he's just like, eh, don't, d- don't enable him. I what, remember what, Fugo. Yeah, I do. Uh, from like thirty episodes ago. Yep. <laughs> remember that one time he had a stand. Yeah. Remember how <laughs> cool it was. Yeah, it's great. We don't get to see that in this episode, even though we have Fugo, and I am upset about this. Yep. Instead, we just get more Guido and Bucciarati. Yeah, it's not like we've had a lot of them. I'm fine with more Guido at the very Me least. Me too. Uh, Guido definitely carries these couple of episodes we for get, me. Also, the whole thing is like, find out what happened to this girl, and it's only at the end we get a passing message of, eh, we could use Moody Blues. <laughs> yeah, it's like background dialogue, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this uh, this old man uh, approaches Bucciarati. His legs don't work so good. Um, and his daughter has died. She got involved with an older man. And was last seen jumping off, like, the roof of, I think, her apartment building, holding, like, a unusual-looking stone. 
and uh, the police have ruled it as a suicide and no one's willing to do anything about it. So he is at a point where he needs to go to the mafia because he's sure that her boyfriend killed her. Yes. This explanation takes an eternity to get through, but that's the gist of it. Also, he um, does the old chestnut of, but there's one thing about it, something only her family would know. She would never commit suicide. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, man, but uh, I just don't understand. She was so happy. Yeah, exactly. If only we could have seen the signs. Mm-hmm. If only there were signs. Uh, anyway, Bucciarati initially refuses him, but then uh, he's like, okay, yeah, I guess we can go, like, look into that. We're not going to do a murder, though, because we're not assassins, but, like, we could break his legs so he can't walk for five years. This is especially funny considering how many people they have straight up murked in the time since. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um... But I also really like that their compromise is bust this fucker's legs up so for half a decade he can't be mobile. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, so the, the, the people on this mission basically are uh, Guido, who's going to go get some answers, uh, even if he has to rep this guy up. In fact, he's pretty much told to do exactly that. Uh, Butrati is uh, just driving... No, Fugo's driving him there. Butrati is along for the ride, but he's actually going to investigate... Something going down with uh, Leaky-Eyed Luca, who died yeah. recently. Weird. Him? Oh, Leaky-Eyed no, Luca from on episode that. one. Yeah. Uh, so, when, when they get there, uh, well, as they're going there, Guido is getting very concerned because he keeps seeing, uh, s- like, spherical stones along the way there's one in the restaurant uh which had apparently got knocked off a podium which i found was funny he's just like oh is this here the whole time and it's like dude this is taking up your entire seat yeah no (laughs) it was not uh but he's like seeing it behind cars he's seeing it as he's driving down the street and i'm really surprised that guido nobody nobody finds it weird like abakio's just like yeah move it move it out of the way yeah, because that's the thing where, like, it's apparent everybody can see it, not just Guido. Yeah, I um, thought it was going to be a thing where only he sees it, but then, like, later in the car, he asks Abakio about it, and he's just like, I don't know. Yeah, there, there's, um... Because Guido also touches it, and it, like, etches into his hand, kill me. Yeah. Uh, which never is never really up brought up again, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, like, I think what it means, though, actually is kill the stand user, because it's the only way to stop this thing, and the stand user maybe would be fine with dying. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, it is a weird power that it has, it actually never gets brought up again. I think it means Um, kill the stone, because it turns out that's the way to make it not... I'm not really sure what the whole deal with this is, because he has to destroy the stone to make it stop going after Bucciarati, but also... The way it portrayed Bucciarati dying still happens. Yeah. So I don't really understand like the I'm entire not, point of this. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. Because the whole concept is destroying it changes its uh, prediction. Or, yeah, it's bizarre. Ah, hey, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Hey. I get it now. It only took us 60 weeks. But I understand. <laughs> Six, 65? Um, Fuck my life. Wait, is this 66? This might be 60... <laughs> this is 66, I think. 
We are so aged at this point that we don't even know anymore how long we've been doing this. Well, look, doing things about Star Trek and Fast and the Furious kind of makes it hard to keep track. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think we've ever talked about Star Trek and Fast and the Furious. You sure that was this show? So we get Hmm. to the apartment building. Uh... Yes. Uh, they immediately find this guy. Well, actually, there's a little bit where Fugo's just like, I don't know, maybe I should go tag along with him because Guido, uh, being Guido, you know. Guido's a real like, dingus. Yeah. Uh, is like, no, I'll go in instead. Um, but Guido pretty much immediately finds uh, the stand user in the elevator and uh, <laughs> starts dumping, like shoots him in the hand. Yeah. I like that. Because uh, he, he sees the stone again, uh, and he shoots the stone, which carves away this image of uh, Butrati bleeding out of his chest, which, like you said, is what happens. Uh, and so Guido then kind of, like, pins this guy against the wall and is, like, demanding to know what the fuck is up. Um, like, there's a lot of j- just this interrogation of him, like, shoving a gun in his mouth and against his head and shooting his other hand. But the gist of it is, as this guy explains, he developed a stand when he was a child. Uh, he doesn't even know it's called a stand. He's one of those people. Uh, but he did name it Rolling Stones. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you're living with this weird stone for so long. You're going to give it a name. Sure. That part makes him. I saw oh. a kid walking on the side of the road a few days ago, maybe 12 or 13, with a Rolling Stones t-shirt. And... There's no way that kid is into the Rolling Stones, and I just thought, that's neat that that kind of thing is still happening, where somebody's just wearing someone else's shirt, has no idea what it is. Like, it is just lips on it, I don't know. It was just, (laughs) it was endearing. Dad, where's my lips shirt? (laughs) Thought it was for the flaming lips this whole time. Big Wayne Coyne fan. Uh, yeah, uh... The, the yeah the the gist of this thing is that it predicts somebody's death like whoever is displayed on the stone they are fated to die that way but uh if you damage the stone you can change the image which will change the person's fate which is a bit silly because then it's not actually predicting anything is it no also i guess it only affects one person at a time no that changes at the end of the episode We'll get it does. There. But yeah. We'll we'll get there. But um Yeah, the the thing that's weird about this is then if you can change the person's fate depicted in the stone, then wouldn't that mean the stone is actually cursing the victim so that they will die in that particular way? So essentially Butrati's death is the result of Rolling Stone and not King Crimson in a roundabout way. No, I think it's just showing you what's going to happen. Yeah, but that's the thing, is if you can change what is depicting, then it's changing that person's future. But it's so actually it not, though, because they destroy it and he still dies the same way. Yeah, but that's not what the stand user describes. That's not what he says, but also... Iraqi! Yes. That's the main Thanks, thing. Thanks, Daddy Iraqi. Yeah, uh, and so... 
Guido does this thing. I don't. I forget exactly why he does this, where he like dumps out three of his bullets and basically does this like half chamber full Russian roulette thing. Just with to the make guy him talk. Him. It's just yeah. like, hey, uh, you better start talking or click, click. Yeah. Yeah, and so when he does actually hit one of the bullets, it is a, a dud. It misfires, and so the sand user does not die, and he's just like, yeah, it's because I'm not on the stone. I'm not fated to die. So, uh, good news, literally nobody can die, except for only the person on the stone. Mm-hmm. That's... Congratulations, literally every human being who is not Bucciarati. Yeah, I was also going to mention that, like, that's what I'm saying, when it can only affect one person, that's super weird. Yeah, I wonder if it's, like, within a certain vicinity or something like that, or if it's based off, like, personal connection. Or no, it wouldn't know. be, because that dude's never met Bucciarati. No. He was like, wait, you said Bucciarati, that's the guy that my rock took the form of? Neat. Also, I don't know I how have... he knew that was the form the rock took, considering it did not take that form until Guido shot it a bunch. Yeah. There are a lot of problems with this story. Yes. It's real good that the final stand of this uh, podcast makes no damn sense at all. Yep. It just seems very ill-conceived. In a way, almost the mission statement. Of this show Yeah Yeah no it, Like when I said it's good I mean it's good I'm glad that that's good. the case Yeah We get a real dumb stand As the final one that we cover uh, So The stone's also going to go after Butrati, And if Butrati touches the stone He will die as soon as he touches it Kind of goes against the whole point of the st- Whatever Well he will <laughs> die be peacefully Is the thing you will die without feeling pain. Okay. That's what it uh, says. But we do, we do get the explanation about what happened to uh, the daughter, which is that her father's leg is not working or the result of a disease that's attacking one of his internal organs. I'm actually, like, super curious what that disease is. I forgot to look it up. I bet uh, it's I don't not know a it's... real thing. I bet yes, it's just I... a vague thing Rocky came up with. Yeah, that that's my suspicion, but I kind of wanted to see because I bet you when people were reading the comic, like on the JoJo's subreddit or something like that, I'm sure people have like speculated trying to figure out. I bet there's something that does cause that. It's just like I, he, I'm sure he had nothing particular in mind. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that being the case. Um, but the daughter would have developed the same disease within like a few years. And uh, so rather than dying this excruciating death due to the disease, she could die while her organs are still good. And then her father can get an organ transplant and overcome. the. So she grabs Rolling Stone and jumps off of the balcony. And... So it was, it was a suicide. Jumps off the balcony the and, right and dies. Okay. She dies. Well, you cut out. He, she gets she smashes herself against the ground. Yes. By the way, quick uh explain away line uh, to sort of mention what anybody who's watching this would be thinking, which is oh also the stone made it so her organs were intact. <laughs> because like I was thinking, if she wants to be an organ donor, uh jumping off a building, not the best way to do yeah. it. No, that would cause a massive amount of uh hemorrhaging. It'd just squish you. Yeah. Oh, especially because she's holding the damn rock that's yeah. like the size of half her body. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, could have shot herself in the head, uh, slit her wrists. Like, those, I think, would make you a organ donor. Yep. For sure, Either that'd way, be fine. It's fine, oh. because the magic rock made it okay. Yes. Thank you, magic rock. Now that old dude's going to live. Yeah. Uh, only existence where his daughter is dead. Yeah. Well, she was going to die Jokes anyway. on you, old man. Uh, so... Yeah, so it was a suicide to begin with. Uh, There's nobody necessarily to take revenge on. Um, if anything, everything's going to work out nicely for that old man, except for the part where his daughter died. But again, at least he'll be fine. Uh, and so Guido, uh, noticing that the stone has now like melted through the ground and is someplace else, is uh, trying to figure out where it's gone to and stop Butrati from touching it, because he knows it's going after Butrati. Um, which I think is where the first episode ends, but just rolling right into the second one, he's sending uh, sex pistols out to find uh, Butrati, who's on the seventh floor. Uh, so he runs up there and like shoots the stone away Wait, before Butrati so can first, touch it. He finds out Butrati's on the seventh floor, and it shows him mashing the two button on the elevator. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Which I don't know. I guess it was just like the animation team didn't know what a seven was or something. I, I I'm not sure what the deal was, but yes, he's mashing two. Uh, I just did not catch that at and, all. That's amazing. But yeah, he then popped. Well, you know, they took the extra couple of weeks to <laughs> really polish this up. <laughs> yeah, uh, he shoots off. Like, that's a couple the thing too. Up. Is the animation in this episode is not like super amazing. Like the no. the episode that we had prior to this was incredibly well done and then this one's just kind of a standard episode yep standard couple of episodes so yeah like know. this feels like something that just would have appeared in the middle of the rest of the season so yeah uh but yeah he, go, he goes up there he shoots the stone away and kind of explains to butrati like don't fucking touch it don't touch the stone i'll explain what it does later but all you need to know is right now you touch it you die uh which is why I thought, like, that does mean if you touch it, you die immediately or very shortly after, because Guido is trying to get him to not touch it in that moment. You do. Because he will. Okay. Well. Then it still isn't predicting anything. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of the thing, is, well, she had time to grab it and then jump off. Yeah. So it's not, like, maybe immediate, immediate, but, like, very soon after. Yeah. I don't but but my issue is more of okay, well if this is depicting uh me getting shot in the head and then I touch the stone, if I touch the stone a few seconds later, will I then get shot in the head no. and I won't feel any pain and I will die or No, you just I'll just die. like feel over and okay. But then that's my problem with it is it's not predicting anything if but the it, prediction it, doesn't come true. It does if you do not touch it. I don't know why this is so I hard for you to understand. I she, hate it. It showed her well, dying of the disease. Instead, she grabbed it and jumped off the roof. It's still dumb because you can just change what the fuck is on there. If she shot that stone a bunch, she would have shown herself maybe dying in a different way that wasn't the disease, and then that would have been the thing that killed her. Because, so, look... Guido picks the stone up and he jumps out a damn window to smash it against the ground because shooting it is evidently not working. Uh, he thankfully just 
bounces onto like the roof of Fugo's car, uh, which saves him. Quick note here. I have one clarification about this. Yes. According to the JoJo wiki, uh, the words appearing on Guido's skin are what happens when somebody not targeted by it touches it. And it hmm. says words such as murder appear. So that actually might have been like a mistranslation where it said kill me. Oh, okay. That makes a bit more sense, though. Uh, but, yeah, Fugo, uh, thankfully, swooping okay, in for the save. Right, hold on. Uh, Rolling Stone... Oh, as it follows the target, Rolling Stones gradually breaks down until the form of the target appears on it. Which that did not happen, because Guido shot it. Uh, so how would anybody know that's what happens? Uh, more precisely, it shows a presentation of the target dying, exposing how they are fated to die, regardless of how close or far away the date of death is. When the target touches the stone, they will die peacefully without visible damage, as to spare them the pain. Hmm. But I mean, that doesn't say anything about how you can change someone's fate by breaking the stone up. Yeah. Because the thing that happens here is when the stone hits the ground, like at the very end of this episode, it, well, not the very, very end, but like it, it crumbles away, and instead of it just being Bucciarati, it's Bucciarati, Narancia, and Abashio. So again, and it's just I... their fate. I wonder if this is another translation issue. If maybe him saying like something about changing the shape, altering the fate, just means like if you destroy it, it stops coming for you. Because that's all that happens. It's not like if you were able to chisel it and like make it look like Bucciarati got his arm cut off, then he would. Yeah, but I mean, the image still changes so that those fated to die is no longer just a Bucherai is Bucherai, Naranzi, and Abashi so yeah. like the thing that it's predicting does change, it gets more broad oh I do alright this All right. is a dumbass stand and I hate it okay I really don't like this stand I think it's stupid as shit alright Final stand of the series is just a dumbass rock. That's great. Can't. Thanks, David stop. Production. Can't stop. The rock you can't stop. Yeah. I mean, it's not there. Uh, well, I mean, it, it turns out you can stop the rock. He broke it against the ground, and now they don't have to worry about it anymore. But that's basically uh, it. I do like this bit Guido just where, grabs uh, it, jumps out a window, breaks on the yeah. ground. I do like this bit, though, where Guido hops off the car, starts walking to Bucciarati, and like in the background, you get like. Fugo just flopping out of the driver's seat and writhing on the ground. Like, that's the best part, too, is Fugo, like, somehow knew to time it exactly so he would, like, catch Guido on the roof of the car. Well, I mean, if you go off of uh, what they kind of allude to here, it's because Guido was not on the rock, so he was not fated to die. So it was just partly this happenstance thing of, like, no matter what, he would have survived the fall, which, yeah. again, eh. Um... But then we catch back up to the present, uh, where we, we realize that the predictions have come true because those characters have died. Uh, something, something, sleeping slaves. Uh, let's go heal Bucciarati. I'm sure he's just fine. Yep, definitely. Giorno still does not say anything about it. 
Yeah. Oh, I uh, kind of forgot though that there is this bit where Trish um, trips on something and they think that it is Rolling Stones for a second. Like Guido looks at this circular rock and is just like, "Oh no!" I really like uh, that. But it turns out, it, yeah, it turns out it's just Polnareff. He's still hanging around uh, because his body died. I guess it does kind of confirm that there is no body for him to go back to. Uh, so he's able to remain inside of Coco Jumbo. Well, he uh, says something Coco. about how he was able to like grab onto the stand, basically. Like, yeah. Like he somehow, look, Polnareff just has that much willpower. He was able to stay as a turtle. Well, kind of the. He says what makes at one me point, a bit curious. He says Polnareff says at one point, "I decided to live here as a ghost for a while." <laughs> yeah. Uh, which kind of makes me wonder if he's just like totally materialized inside of the key. Like if you jumped into the key, you would just see Polnareff hanging out in there. Probably. But he can That'd also still talk through the turtle too. Yes. Uh, which got me a little bit confused because I thought the way I interpreted it at the start was they never switched souls back because the turtle soul went into a dying body and then passed on with no vessel to remain. Yes. Uh, but this kind of makes it sound like not quite that like Polnareff remained inside and maybe the turtle spirit also returned and that he's more attached to the stand necessarily than the turtle yeah that's what I thought yeah like when he explains like I just latched onto the stand like that's when it made a lot more sense to me but I kind of took it a different way yeah yeah, it's okay because that means uh... technically now Polnareff is alive forever yeah, but also the other implication of this is if the turtle's soul went back into the turtle, even though it was in a dying body, then Dapio goes back into Diavolo and they get to share an eternity of death together. That's okay. <laughs> but I just... It's really like the Dapio's fucking roped into that shit now. <laughs> well, Dapio was complicit. He was. I mean, he kind of deserves it, but he's a dopey boy, and I love him. Yeah. Answering phones in hell now. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, a banana ringing and him picking that up and just going, I'm a demon. <laughs> uh, picks up the banana phone and gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, What if you stand as a lever if my phone didn't ring? <laughs> Classic. It's uh, a good one. Good bit. Never gets old. Threw it in my bedroom. I <laughs> had to get one more. I on. actually, I had, yes, no, I had a moment before, you'll never believe this. I had a moment before the podcast where I was just like, I should shut my phone off and put it away. Because uh, I've been getting calls for my own phone number, which is just a, a spoofing scam thing. Yeah. And then I was like, no, it's also stand and deliver, though. And it'd be really good if it rang one last time. So I just set it on the ground. Well, great. You got your wish. <laughs> oh, man. I have a stand and deliver vision board, and there's just a big old picture of my phone right in the middle of it. Yeah, just just like right back. It's also really good timing when we're talking about Tapio answering phones. Uh-huh. Uh, 
So they all uh, walk off towards the Coliseum uh, to save their friend. Uh, we get the credits one last time, uh, which is just standard in credits, but we now have Requiem up at the top. Uh, Rolling um, Stones also at the bottom. Oh. At oh, the yeah, very he bottom. Was. I don't know why I forgot that. Um, but then we get like an after credits bit uh, where Jorno is the new boss uh, in a, his, a very nice black his, version of his outfit. Yes, his outfit's so good. It really is. It's pretty sick. Um, Guido is there. He's in a purple version of his outfit, uh, which I am less into. Yeah. Uh, but Ponoref is also there. Ponoref, just part of the mafia now, and also a turtle. Yep. Which, you know... Sure, that's a very appropriate ending for Polnareff. <laughs> like imagining a turtle just saying like, you won, I should whack a guy. <laughs> turtle just doing Joe Pesci's whole thing out in the desert. Mm-hmm. Go over my fucking head again. <laughs> I'll put your fucking head to sleep. Man, casino's good. It is. Best part of Casino That's... is that body at the beginning and the car blowing up that is very clearly a dummy. Like it just obviously cuts from guy in car to dummy in car and exploding. I really need to watch Casino. How did that yeah, make because, it into yes, the I... final movie? I don't know. I really do love that. If it were me, I would have done that intentionally. But, but you and it... I share a love of obvious dummy humor. That's true, but this is Scorsese. He really should have known better. No, no, Scorsese's got a sense of humor. I bet he's also into obvious dummy humor. Maybe. Yeah. But that but part's anyway, not that's... really meant for humor. Oh, sure. That's JoJo's part five. We finished it. That's uh, it. So the, the thing that I hate with this episode is the same thing I hate with the ending of the previous one we covered. Any momentum that this whole finale had gets stopped twice. It gets stopped when he starts punching Diavolo and we get the cliffhanger, and then it gets stopped again as soon as we're kind of coming down from defeating Diavolo and wrapping things up. Very strange. It completely fucks with the entire pacing of the finale, and what makes it worse is it'd be one thing if you did this flashback that kind of like had something thematic to link to the finale and kind of kept that momentum going. But this is just like a standard two part episode that we would have got like as episode 20 and 21, yeah. something like that. Just a bog standard part five episode. And that is essentially how the, this season closes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it, fun. Yeah. In general, I didn't really like the season as much as probably any of the others except for one. I think I like one more because it's just hitting you with such crazy stuff at such a fast clip. Eh, I guess so. I think, though, that I might be a bit biased with that because it was the first anything of JoJo's that I had kind of taken in, and so it was still blowing my mind consistently. Yeah. But yeah, this is, I think, my least favorite season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. Just the fact uh, that they dropped the ball this month on the ending, too, just... Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you. Uh, but that's it. Or stand and deliver. Yeah.
we're done. That's it. No more. Until they do part six, and then we're back. Nope, we're not. That's uh, going to happen at some point. We're not coming back for that. Because I do not yes, like watch this, like watching this week to week. Well, something that I suggested to you well, again hold is... hold on. Uh, Wait. Yeah. First, I would like yes. to uh, offer a thank you to everybody who listened to this. I don't know why you do, but it means a lot to me and probably to both of us, although I don't know that I want to speak for George as well. Uh, no, I hate it. <sighs> I'm so angry that people want to listen to this. Yeah, well, anyway, I thank you. And uh, what we have next, coming up next, is you can go to your information tunes now, as you're listening to this, and get the first episode of American Retro Pie, which is our new video game podcast hosted by George. It's his responsibility now. Oh no. Would you would you no, like I'm... to say something about it? Ah, that's podcast about video games. Well, great. You can find link in the description. <laughs> uh, basically, George no, has it's... been put Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll actually explain it. I, I do also want to say thanks out to everyone who has listened to this. I also have absolutely no idea why, uh, especially if you continue to watch through, through this season with us, because I do feel that we've generally been pretty negative on part five. And I understand that sometimes that can be a, a bit difficult, especially if you're a huge fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But for those of us, uh, for those of you who have stuck with us to the very end, like a huge, huge, huge thank you. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, the, the new one we're doing basically, uh, the premise is I'm going back and I'm playing a lot of old games that I either kind of uh, missed out on in my childhood or I never got a chance to finish or just some old games I wanted to go back and replay. Uh, pretty much covering anything from like the NES up through like the PlayStation 2 is kind of the era that we're looking at. Uh, and each week I pick a few games and I sit Larry down. I don't prep them at all. And I just kind of like voiced the games onto them and we have a discussion about it. Yeah. Larry has no idea what each episode is going to be about. And we do not tease what it'll be about uh, week to week. So if you want to get consistently surprised about what old video games we are going to talk about then. Yes. For for example, this uh this first episode I will say contains Parasite Eve, which George probably did not think I remembered anything about, and uh I remember quite a bit of it, it turns out. Yeah. Remember that dog getting folded inside out? Well that's the important part, but yeah. Yeah. It's got that vagrant yeah. story type orb. Whatnot. Hey, there you go. That's a video game vagrant story. That might be one of the games that we cover at some point. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, um, I I know actually is the answer to that question. I have a whole list made, but yes, yeah. But American Retro Pie also will generally be shorter than Stand and Deliver episodes have been. Uh, this one is going to be short, but this is an exception. Uh, didn't have a roulette, so we wanted to end with JoJo only. Uh, but um, they'll be about this length, somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour or so, as a general yeah. rule. Yeah, so, I don't have anything more to say about that. Well, great. <laughs> so. Just end on dead air.
Well, no, it's it's just going to honestly be more of this, except we're not completely tied down to uh, one thing. Because I think that as we've been recording this, the thing that does get harder and harder doing it every single week is when you're just locked in on this one specific series that you're covering. Yeah, weird. It's yeah. almost like we you had the most break. fun when we were talking about weirdos driving cars and shooting at each other. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so at least I, I think American Retro Pie will be good for us because we're going to be touching on different games uh, pretty much every week. There's going to be like some where we're like treading back into the same franchises. Uh, I won't hide the fact that I played a lot of Hideo Kojima games, and so there's probably going to be a few weeks where we talk about those. Praise Kojima. That. Yeah, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be 66 weeks of Hideo Kojima. Oh, but what if it was? I said that, and then I started thinking, like, that wouldn't be so bad, though. Yeah, there's a lot to get into. Yes, there is. Like this, some in American weird sick okay. asses out there making like four-hour-long recaps of Metal Gear Solid games. So yeah, like if American Retro Pie is like an anthology series, uh, we could do just like Ken Burns' documentary on Hideo Kojima in the middle of it. Like it would just zoom in slowly on this black and white picture of Solid Snake and read <laughs> a a letter, or just read Codec conversations. We're interviewing we're interviewing Jeff, and uh, he's just speaking directly into the camera. Yes, sure. Yeah, everyone knows Jeff Keeley. He's Hideo Kojima's friend. Oh, that Jeff. I thought you meant Jeff Grossman. Yeah. No, he's not friends with Hideo Kojima. He's friends with Suda Fifty One. Oh. Or no, no, not mm. Suda. Oh God. You mean Swery? Uh, Swery. Yeah. Hey, to be fair, not. Super hard to get those two mixed up, considering uh, they're about well, on the same level of crazy. I guess so, but one is a maniac that wears a luchador mask and made no more heroes, yes. and the other guy right now is just a nice man who is making a game where you turn into cats or something. I thought he wanted to become a monk, or did he... That was a while ago, he's done. That was a while ago, okay. I just want a new Deadly Premonition. I mean, they set up a sequel with the PC port, and then... Well, it's never going to happen. Uh, no. But yes, he, uh, The Good Life is the one he has in development now. I just got a development update about it from the Kickstarter yesterday. Mm. Or today. Alright, so as we close out Stand and Deliver, I'm going to ask you a few things. Okay, what? Since we can we can look at the series as a whole now as a complete entity. Yes. What was now. your favorite stand? Favorite single stand? Um Red Hot Chili Peppers is really good. I think that's the first time anyone has said those words in that order. <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't think so, considering you thought it was a hot take that red hot yeah. chili peppers are not good. I I have met far more people who are way into Red Hot Chili Peppers than I ever have people who are not. So, uh, well, okay. Apparently, I'm hanging out with some real scum. Mm. Look, you said it, not me. Uh, uh, but well, yes, I like Red Hot Chili Pepper a lot. He he's got he's like a weird little kappa man, and he uh, cackles. Uh, he's he's like salacious crumb if he was a stand. Oh yeah, he kind of is. Uh. Other than that, I mean, Silver Chariot's really good. 
Yeah, I kind of think the Silver Chariot would be my answer. I do really like King Crimson's weird Kids in the Hall mini head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the world, even though I think that's like a really easy answer. I just like the he has this weird kind of robot thing going on with him, mm-hmm. which becomes like much more of a thing as you get into the series. But kind of part of three, there were a lot more stands that were kind of abstract, yes. uh, like that one that was just a sun. Yeah. Um, uh, or the one that was just a sword. Yeah. Actually, you know what a really good stand was? Death 13. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, it's a great stand. I don't know if it's my favorite, but he's maybe breaking like the top five. Uh, Sex Pistols actually might be my favorite now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. I do like Just, I love, yeah, little bullet gremlins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say those are probably. It's, I'm going to say my top three are probably Sex Pistols, Death 13, and Silver Chariot. No particular order there, really. But. I think mine would, would probably be those, but swap Death 13 for the world. Okay. Uh, least favorite stand? Uh, Rolling Stones. <laughs> uh, that actually yeah. might be it. Yeah, that might be my least favorite one, too. I kind of, um... God, I'm really trying to think back to, like, part three in particular. If there were any in that that I just did not like at all. I, uh... I mean, the 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 fly one actually is, like, pretty lame when you kind of consider everything else that came after. I'm just gonna look at list of stands. Uh... Yeah. Oh, Empress was Mine... really good too. Forgot about that. Yeah. Mine in terms of just uninteresting stands, it was probably like I think it was Grey Fly was the name of it. Oh it was uh, the one that they Tower fought on Grey. the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like that was just sort of boring when you consider every other stand that kind of came after that. Yeah. Um also, but Rolling Stones is a different kind of suck where it's just like none of this makes sense and it's terrible and its power is stupid. There's also a Emperor, which was just Whole Horse's gun. I kinda like that though. I kinda do. Because that's too, a cool now, look. Yeah, but now we have a better version of that. Yes. because uh, the gun talks to you now. <laughs> yeah. Well the bullets talk to you, but still. Um uh... Oh, cream was really good. It was vanilla ice's one? Yeah, yeah. Favorite single character in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Ulnareff. Come on, Joseph Joestar. Fuck you. <laughs> Joseph's really good, but I gotta go with like Ulnareff is a close second, but Joseph Joestar is the best. Also, quick uh, quick mention in best stands: Pearl Jam, of course. Oh yeah. Just likes to help people. Like <laughs> giving them horrible <laughs> grotesque deformities when eating food. And guts just become outside of your body and then they go back in and then your crummy tummy is fixed. Yep. Worst character Could be more simple. Uh, you know what I'm yeah. gonna say for worst character. Yeah, I think we're in complete agreement on this one. It is Sigechi. No, Junkin Boy. Uh, yeah. I had mostly blocked Jonkin Boy out of my memory until you brought it up. I, I also you. had, and then I was looking here at a picture of Boy 2 Man, 
which is one of the best stand names for the worst character. Yeah. But man, uh, Segechi is definitely my number two for that, and to have them both be in the same part is unfortunate. It is, but the rest of that part makes up for it. Yeah. Like, look, Kira's uh, way better than Diavolo, also. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Kira's just David Bowie. So. Yeah. Well, look, Dapio, pretty good. Diavolo, eh. Lame. It's just boring. And he gets dispatched in a really lame way. Like, he doesn't. A lot of the final fights that we've had in this series have been much more involved. Diavolo just kind of gets punched a bunch after he, you know, biffs it and drops the uh, arrow. Well, the thing is, uh, yes, I like his final fate. I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah. But yes, yeah. The, the way it is, like, normally they have to, like, outwit them in some way. You know, like, the, the final bit against Kira was really good, where they're uh, figuring out how to stop him from resetting time and all of this. Uh, but this time, yeah, it's just like, Jorno got the literal most powerful stand ever to exist. And now nothing can hurt him. The end. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, especially when you kind of consider like just how heavy this season was on them trying to figure out the best way to overcome the stand for the final fight to then kind of swing in the other direction of that, which is just oh, the MacGuffin fell on the ground and the main character. Yeah. Big whoop. Yeah. Big, big whoop. Uh. I think the last one that I really got to ask you would be a favorite part, which I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to. Yeah, mine is two. Two is really good. Two is my second place. I would rank them four, two, three, five, one. Well, Mm. now that I think about it, it actually might be. I might put one above five. Mine would be uh, two, four, three, one, five. For the... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Basically just switching our top spot around. Part two's got Joseph Joestar in his prime, and I think like that's the reason that I like that one more. Also, the pillar men are just so absolutely ridiculous. Also, it helps that it's shorter. Like it, it does, does not have this dragging middle part. Like I think four pulls that off specifically because for the first half there's no goal to it. Like, there isn't yeah. even a mention of Kira, really, until, like, halfway through it. Uh, and meanwhile, in the others, it's like, all right, we're going to fight this one guy, and then it just, like, diverges a lot in the middle, yeah. which can be tiring. Okay. Yeah, for to, to Forrest's credit, too, it's also just sort of set up as being a lot more chill compared yeah. to the other parts. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of meandering nature is very much a, a huge component of what it is. That is why that works out a lot better. Also, um, for um, I feel like they sort of got around that by having Kira have these other elements of his stand, like having sheer heart attack and all of this other stuff, and then eventually bites the dust and whatnot. And I think they kind of like Iraqi have tried to do that again with King Crimson, but it doesn't work nearly as well. Yeah, the the other components of him are mostly just confusing like the, the future yeah. prediction thing is is neat i think that has a cool effect with the whole thing of like oh i gifted you my stand but also no i really didn't because we're the same person and this is all just misdirection like that stuff kind of 
a lot of it feels like the typical Iraqi thing that I think you can contribute to Rolling Stones too, where he did not think enough of it. Yeah. So you just start getting hit with these really big inconsistencies. At least with like Kira, that stuff actually felt like it all kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even though that dude literally changes his appearance, they at least set that up with like, oh, well, there's a stand user that changes the way people look. Yes. Also, Kira's abilities, it's weird because they were totally separate, obviously, but they did feel like they went together in a way that made sense. Like there was a certain unity to it that didn't seem jarring when he used them. Yeah, they're all bombs. It's just a bunch Basically, of bombs. Yeah, he's Bomberman. That's him. Well, he also uh, he gets hit by the arrow a second time, so essentially uh, Bites the Dust is King Crimson... Not King Crimson. Uh, is uh, Killer, Killer Queen. Queen Requiem. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that at least makes sense from that perspective, too. Uh, but... Yeah, with with King Crimson, like I kind of get how it connects with the whole prediction thing because it's still a component of like time manipulation, but also it's this thing of like, oh well, this is fated to happen, and I don't know. My, my issue too with stuff that's like fated to happen is in a lot of cases it's fated to happen if you do the precise thing that's going to make that actually happen, and you have no way of really knowing if you will or not. It's Rolling Stone is just a worse version of a. Uh... Oingo and Boingo. Yeah. Yeah, because Oingo and Boingo is least drawn in, like, the most grotesque way. Sure, and also, it's funny. <laughs> it looks horrifying. Yeah, it's, and it's funny. Well, it's funny because it's also so horrifying. Like, every time they would show the uh, Stardust Crusaders in that, it was hilarious. Yeah. So uh, and then, yeah, like, Boingo himself is just such a little goober, and I love him. Uh-huh. Protect that precious box boy. Yeah. <sighs> it just well, bizarre I don't country. know. You... It yeah. was a show. It was at one time. Not anymore. Not anymore, though. Not until they make part six. Looking forward to I it. I do say that. Yeah, I do say that we. Look, if we really wanted to, we could do a part six. We could just do it alternating weeks with Retro Pie. That way we're doing two episodes of JoJo. Instead of one, if I think would do, make it way more tolerable. If we do part six, it will be in batches. We'll be doing it after it's done. I'm okay with that too, because I would do that. Yeah, I, but I don't want to watch yeah. these week to week. I want to have it so we aren't stuck with like here's part one, nothing happened. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I actually think that would be a good way of doing it too. Is just wait until it's finished. Okay. Because, like, just just even watching JoJo's in this way, where it's, like, concurrent, is really difficult for me because of how often it leaves off on a cliffhanger. Yep. And so it's kind of deflating at the end of each week that I have to wait a whole other I would rather watch this show like I did the other seasons, where I can kind of just power through. I agree. I do not think that would make me like this one anymore, though. No, I, I think that Part 5 has a lot of issues in general. I think that it perhaps feels a bit too samey with part three and that sense of okay we need to go kill this one guy Mm -hmm. um i think that this season kind of forgets its characters a bit too often obviously in the case of fugo uh or fugo or poor fugo and then yeah just there's a lot of uh part one episodes that just really drag their heels i get way too lost in the setup and like 
the ending again is is so mishandled by breaking all the momentum and i get why that is the case because it's about 10 15 minutes worth of content left to actually wrap everything up and that's just a byproduct of what they're adapting and kind of running over on that time and not being able to put it anywhere like you'd either have to cut out a decent segment of time to push this into the previous episode and actually wrap it all up honestly or if after this first episode i went and looked because i was wondering if this was actually from earlier in the series and they put it here at the end or if this was an anime original because it just seems so weird that they would do this i so a, a thing that i did when i sat down to watch these episodes is it opens on that scene uh in the cafe of guido going like what would be like if you ate a person and then my immediate reaction was oh fuck no i clicked on the wrong episode and i backed <laughs> out and then i went to the previous one it was like okay is this just like opening up on like a flashback thing and i had to like scrub through and then i was like no this is the episode we watched the other week so what the fuck's up with this other one and it threw me way off there was like a good five minute period of me trying to figure out like okay what the fuck am i supposed to be watching you're a special boy i am i'm the boy in the box drawing my grotesque boy in a box yeah like there was nowhere to put that like either you cut 10 minutes of content out somewhere which i don't think you really can in those last few episodes um if it were like one whole contiguous thing like this were a movie you could cut 10 minutes from like some other fucking thing that happened like ages ago Uh, but Uh obviously can't do that or like you you put filler into this thing but the filler they put in was like a whole extra damn episode and a half. Do it like a, like a too old to die young, the Nicholas Winding Rain Amazon series, where some episodes are thirty minutes and some episodes are an hour and a half. Who knows? Yeah, spin the wheel. I do like that though. Like, let your episode be as long as it needs to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, I feel that because they handled this episode the way they did, like three-fourths of it just gets you so far away from the actual finale just to make this stupid little point about like oh the sleeping slaves are free great that was like one line that you could have said and it would have made perfect sense and you could just wrapped things up also others are still dead so okay yeah great Let's remind everyone how sad it was that all these characters died. It's not like we've been here before and understand that already. Mm-hmm. The impact that their deaths might have made. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, like, with the publication, like, the Rolling Stone thing happened after it actually wrapped up. Like, that was, like, a bonus issue. Uh, it's listed as, like, the... Uh, uh... Final art. So... Yeah, but I don't know if that final issue actually, in the final chapter, went back to the bit at the end or not. Uh, let's see. The Sleeping Slaves Part 2. Yeah, in the present day, Mr. Trish, uh, Mr. and Trish stumble on Polnareff, who is residing in Coco Jumbo's room. So it does. This is actually how it plays out, apparently. Yeah, so okay. See, that's what not, I thought. 
So it's not even an anime. So I was attributing this directly to the anime because I figured, like, oh, the issue was no, that, that they... No, that's why it... I was saying I went to check and see if this was something the anime did. But no, that's how it actually was. Way to tell a story, Iraqi. <laughs> Fuck. Like, this, me, it's uh, just it, so it was just stupid. a one more flashback. It's just a really dumb idea to wrap up your, your part, man. Like, that's terrible. That's yes. like that is maybe I think the the worst singular moment of storytelling in all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is this shit where they put you so far between the finale. Yep, I agree. That's terrible. And yeah, like I I was kind of telling you uh, in private before we did this that the the individual elements of this I did not necessarily mind. If the Rolling Stones thing were a standard two part episode located somewhere else. It wouldn't have been an amazing couple of episodes, but I wouldn't have like quite as much of a reaction to it. Yeah, you've kind of just been repeating yourself for like 30 minutes now. I understand. <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Okay. Ugh. I'm going to go into my turtle and just have a good cry is what I'm going to do. We'll see you maybe someday. On stand and deliver. <laughs> yeah.